It is time to check in with the Vancouver Suns' Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. And may I just say that you are worried uh, about the wrong thing. Oh. The issue is not how fast a boa constrictor can slither. (laughs) The issue is how long would it take an Asian giant hornet to fly from Blaine, Washington (laughs) to my backyard here in Victoria. My guess is they move a hell of a lot more quickly than a snake. Yeah, I would agree. And getting away from a murder hornet would probably be more difficult than fleeing from the boa. Yeah, well, I've been careful about not going outdoors uh, <laughs> for the last two years uh, since the uh, the first sighting in Nanaimo, which is even closer in my mind than Blaine, although I think if you look on a map, it's about the same, but in any event. All right, well, stay safe. I'm worried. Keep the, the beekeeper's hat on. Uh, what else are we talking Beekeeper's ta- oh. hats won't protect you, Jill. They sting <laughs> through protective clothing, uh. and they sting like a red-hot steak knife. We have that testimony from one of the poor workers in Nanaimo who actually had to suppress the nest up there. Oh, I remember him. Now that you mention that, I do remember that description and thinking, no, I never want to be anywhere near one of those hornets. But there yeah. you go. We will stay. We will stay safe as safe stay, as we stay, can. Stay uh, on top of the story. Yes, <laughs> that's what we do. All right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, universities because there was some clarification wanted about vaccinations, whether it was going to be mandatory or not. But now we're seeing uh, universities in some cases uh, taking that on themselves. Yeah, I think this is uh, interesting that the universities are taking the lead on this and. <laughs> Wow, the one that really jumped out at me was the law faculty here in Victoria, the at the University of Victoria, and basically they're they want tougher mandates regarding vaccinations and testing uh, in the classroom when schools reopen. So the announcements we've had in the last week or so um, has been rolled out slowly and somewhat confusingly, I have to say, have said, well, you know, um, there will be mandates for, you have to get vaccinated, uh, vaccination cards will be, once they're up and running, uh, they'll be required for non-essential services, but Dr. Bon Henry was careful to say, no, no, education's an essential service, so you won't have to be vaccinated you, you may have to be that va- you will have to be vaccinated to be precise to go into the pub at the university or to use the gym uh, but the students will not have to be vaccinated to step into a classroom well um the universities were given some leeway to have add requirements and they we've already seen now uh, i know you're reporting it on the news the big uh, four universities in BC have banded together and said, well, we are going to require um, vaccination or testing um, when schools resume. Um, I think it's an example of what we've seen in general, which is the public and some institution and business and some institutions are actually ahead of our governments in these requirements. I think they can read the opinion polls that show overwhelming public support for tougher measures on masking and on vaccination passports. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right. And also, yeah, reading the room and seeing if this is what people want and they're going to feel more comfortable, because if not, and you've suddenly got an outbreak, then what happens? Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think you're right, Joe, and that one in particular, you know, people who are looking at businesses on this, um, and, and we're seeing some businesses grandstanding and saying they're not going to have mask mandates and they're not going to have, um, they're not going to enforce the vaccination uh, passport or identification system. Um, you know, I think what they're overlooking is something that the government has quietly flagged on this, which is you get an outbreak, you're going to get a notice put up, and you're going to get shut down. They're running not just the risk that uh, concerned members of the public who are vaccinated will boycott their businesses and just not go there because they don't think the places are safe, but they're also running the risk of being shut down. And I think that's one of the things that's driving um, that's driving businesses, I think it's also there in the back of the mind of university faculty, of universities themselves, of saying, okay, well, you know, uh, we, could, we, we, we can't really run the risk on this because think of the disruptions to the education system, think of the disruptions to classrooms uh, for faculty uh, if in the midst of classes there is an outbreak and wow, um, everybody has to be isolated for two weeks, uh, the entire teaching schedule is disrupted, it may spill over into other classes. I mean, students in a, in a day go between classes. It's not it's not quite the same as as some schools, although in schools I recognize in K-12 students move around as well. So, um, you know, I think you're seeing a, a, a precautionary principle taking over here, and I don't think we're at the end of the road in terms of restrictions. I wouldn't be surprised to see more restrictions coming as they try to contain the fourth wave and as they try to deal with the very transmissible Delta variant. What about uh, we? some good news? A lot happening in Victoria, talking about yeah. the universities, uh, some of the businesses, but also the tourism sector got a bit of a reprieve. Yeah, Victoria has uh, been very concerned about losing a complete second tourism season because of COVID-19 restrictions. So it's a bit of a mixed story. But the year began, of course, with the third wave, and that was bad news because it meant we probably weren't going to be reopening. Even when Canada reopened the land border, the marine border remained closed, and we also lost another season of cruise ships. So collectively, that was bad news. Now, we did have some good news uh, this past week here in Victoria. The Canada Border Service Agency finally got around to saying, okay, uh, we're going to be staffing, we're going to reopen ferry terminals uh, for ships services from the U.S. So uh, that it, finally, I think uh, that was the reaction here in Victoria because it's taken them so long to get to it. Um, it is not wide open. It is not uh, everything is coming back. There are three ferry services that link the provincial capital region to the U.S. Only one of them is coming back. That's the Clipper. It's a passenger service from Seattle. It brings about 85% of its travelers are Americans who are coming to Victoria for a day trip or a holiday trip or a weekend. They are resuming along with uh, just after uh, the Canada border opens, the marine border opens next month. So that's good news. The other service, the Coho, it's a car ferry that links to Port Angeles and the Washington State Ferry that links to Sydney, British Columbia. They are not coming back right away. They rely a lot more heavily on Canadians going south 
And, of course, the American border is still closed. The Canadians going south uh, at the land level, although you can fly there. So it's not 100% restoring. But um, I keep hearing, Jill, uh, here in the capital, uh, rumblings from the business community that there are an awful lot of businesses here that are tourist-dependent, that have been clinging with their fingernails. And um, when the tourist season is over this fall, uh, we may see some more businesses failing. All right. Uh, not the best news there for businesses, so for sure. Uh, we have a couple minutes. Wanted to talk to you about Ferry Creek because we're talking about this a bit later on in the program as well. Uh, what is your take on what's happening there with protesters, with the, the First Nations that are, have asked them to leave? Where are we at? Well, Premier John Horgan, as you know, has not exactly been heavily available uh, to talk to the media for the past month, but he did get asked about Ferry Creek during his media conference this week, and he continued to defend uh, the B.C. government position on this. So he has said that, uh, you know, the province has taken a lot of steps to protect old-growth forests, and he chose to remind the protesters that the First Nation there, the Pachidat, have said, this is the Premier's quote, quite clearly, not once, not twice, not three times, but five times to the protesters, please leave our territory and allow us to resolve these issues in our own way. So I don't see any sign that the government's changing its position on this. On the long run, they're dealing with old growth in the short run. Um, They're not bending to the protests. They're reminding the protesters that they're at odds with the leadership of that First Nation. And I think the other thing, some of the New Democrats are, BC New Democrats, grumbling a bit that, well, the federal... NDP is grandstanding a bit on the old growth issue, and uh, of course, that ultimately at the expense of the provincial government. So, um, but no sign, Jill, I can see that uh, Oregon is going to give in to those protests. Uh, his position is that we're already dealing with old growth, uh, we're making progress on it, and the First Nation is working with the provincial government on this, and, and it's the protesters who aren't on side with the First Nation. All right. We will leave it there, Vaughn. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Hopefully those hornets don't make their way uh, to Vaughn's yard. That is Vaughn Palmer with the Vancouver Sun, his view from Victoria.